What's up, ladies and gentlemen? The name of the show is Politics on My Mind, and I'm the host, Troy Griffith. Let's get the show started. It's going to be a good one. All of you know who I am. Yeah, what's poppin', ladies and gentlemen? You're tuning in to Politics on My Mind. I am the host, Troy Griffith. This is episode 237. If you would like to listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, you can do so at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just go into that search bar, type in Politics on My Mind, hit that subscribe button. If you would like to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can do so at Politics on My MND. Once again, Politics on on my MND. The website is politicsonmymind.com. Once again, politicsonmymind.com. Today is Wednesday, February 16, 2022, and I would like to welcome you to Politics for the Hip Hop Generation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my last podcast episode. That's it. It's over. It's done. You know what I mean? I appreciate you. If you tapped in on episode one, you tapped in on the pilot episode. I appreciate you. You made it here. I appreciate you. But before I go, I have a a special interview uh, for the final episode. Uh, I was able to, you know, have Rude Jude, um, you know, Jude Angelini. He's the host of a Sirius XM show on Shade 45. Uh, He has a new book out. The title of the book is Finn. And he has two other books that you should also check out. One of them is called Hyena. The other book is called Hummingbird. You can put that together. You could get the trilogy. Um, you could listen to the interview, listen to him, uh, you know, talk about the books. And somebody listening to this might say, yo, what does this have to do with politics? It's my last episode. I can do what I want to do. You know what I mean? And I have people on here. They've talked about everything. If you go through all my 236 episodes, you've seen conversations had from the top to the end. Um, So I don't know what I should do. I should have a conversation with you first or should I go to the interview? I think I should have a conversation with you first. You know, just, you know, as I said, this is my final episode. I'll talk a little bit of politics before I go. Um, I'll just go through it very uh, quickly. I just do like a, a real brief, you know, um, on my mind, a couple of things that went went on in the news uh, before this episode. And I'll get straight to it. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg from The View, she made some comics that people, excuse me, comments that people thought was offensive towards the uh, Jewish community. And she was suspended for two weeks. She's finally back on to the show. Um, I got to say this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we should not be looking at any um, any other group and discounting discounting what they've been through, right? Or trying to somehow make it sound, uh, make it sound, you know, less than what it was or trying to add some, ta- some sort of intelligence to it. You know what I mean? If you don't know much about a topic, I don't care if what you're talking about, you're talking about cars, you're not a mechanic, you know, I, just leave it alone, right? And, you know, even more so when it comes to people, when it comes to communities, when it comes to marginalized communities. Now, is that to say that all of us haven't said something that's ignorant? And I'm not saying what uh, Whoopi Goldberg said was ignorant. That's not on me to define. However, um, all of us have said something ignorant. And, you know, when you say when you say things that are offensive, you step up to it, you apologize from it, you learn from it and you move on. I've said things on here on this on this podcast that, you know, after I got off, I, you know, I went to read and I was like, oh, man, you know, all right, let me come back. Let me correct myself the next time. And you learn from it. But it has never been my intention to offend anyone. And that should be for every single one, no matter what you're talking about. You're talking about marginalized communities. You're talking about communities that were oppressed. Watch your verbs. You know what I mean? Watch your vowels. Watch your consonants. You know what I mean? Just be mindful of the people you're talking about because uh, when it's all said and done, as I said, there are human beings behind every word you spew. I just want to say that. And I feel like Whoopi Goldberg, Joe Rogan could be one in the same thing uh, in the sense of Indy Ari, the singer, she did a video and in that video she showed clips of or multiple clips of Joe Rogan using the n-word again you know what I mean like why does he feel the need to use these words this is a white man uh you know he should not be feeling as comfortable to use those words um but you know he got back 
backlash for it. People went against Spotify. They were like, yo, they're canceling Spotify. For me, um, never was a Joe Rogan fan. I never had Spotify. I just, you know, I'm I'm what you call old school. I still go buy, not physically, but I still buy the album and listen to the entire album because that's just me. You know what I mean? So um, I just thought it was weird. Like, I'm like, why were people listening to that show to begin with? You know what I mean? This guy was like, I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, not going to attack the guy. I don't know him, but um, he's using the N word. And then he says he's not racist. I was listening to this talk show. This woman called in a Latino Latina. She called in and she was basically saying he's not racist because he hangs with Dave Chappelle. Yo, if you know, I had to laugh because I didn't want to cry. I was like, is this lady serious? I like I should have like recorded it so I could play the clip here. I didn't think of it or whatever. But that's the beauty of being this the last episode, because, yo, I can listen to things. I can watch things. I can have conversations without thinking I could make this the episode. You know what I mean? But nah, I say that I say that in jest. You know what I mean? So um yeah man so you know those are the topics i'll cover um there's a russian ukrainian war about to take place well not a russian ukrainian war and it's russia is about to invade ukraine um and remember what i said if you don't know a lot about something you put it out there i don't know a lot about that like my foreign policy skills is just i try i pay attention i read i still can't catch up with it so i try my best to understand and as far as I understand, it sounds like, you know, there's a bully trying to invade a country like, you know, you know, I, in, in simplest terms, I feel like you, you could view it like this. You're in your house, right? You're in your house and somebody is trying to come into your house, right? They're across the street. They they cross the street. Now they're on the sidewalk. Now they're at your front door. You were minding your business. That's how I look at it. You know, I don't know if anybody's a foreign policy expert out there. I got I got the gist of right, right? Like the gist of it. Like I feel like that's how it is. But um, yeah, man, final episode. Six years started this in February 2016. Um, I decided to do this podcast. I'll give you the story, then I'll jump into the interview. Um, I decided to do this podcast because I back up a little President Obama. Uh he won his presidency in November 2008. And I should say former President Obama won his presidency in 2008. And, you know, it was around like January 2009. He was inaugurated. And after a while, I started thinking, I said to myself, I was like, wow, this is a black man becoming president. Like, you know, like this is cool. There's there's power in this. And I never thought about it a power for myself. Never. Anyone who knows me in this, I rarely ever speak about what I want to do. I speak about my community. I speak of how to make my community better. And by my community, I mean, I'm a black man. So I mean, my community. Right. Um, I I really speak about how, you know, not to be redundant, but I really speak on how to free black people. Right. You know, stop being oppressed by and not saying it like we want to be oppressed, but, you know, get into positions where um, we, we can stop being oppressed by people who are trying to be our oppressors. And I saw that through politics. I was like, yo, I, I need to get involved in this. Right. So a- as I do with anyone who knows me, I'm a talker. So, you know, I would talk to everyone and I'm, I'm talking and speaking to someone at work and I'm gonna shout him out. I don't know if he still works there. So I just, you know, um, Shazad Akhtar, I got to give him his props. This is the last episode. Um, you know, I was talking to him one day and he said, what, you're interested in this? And I was like, yeah, he was like, here's what you do. Reach out to this person. And he gave me this guy's information. Um, uh, Jason Waski, I believe his name is somewhere involved in Maryland politics. I don't know where he is now. He just kind of like, you know, told me about like, you know, referred me over to something. And what he had referred me over to was, uh, Prince George's County young Democrats. And when I, um, you know, when I went to Prince George's County Young Democrats the first time, I remember it was like winter time and I just went and it was like real stiff. And, you know, I remember talking to a, a young woman there at the time. Mind you, y'all, I'm in my like mid late, a little late 20s and I'm speaking to this woman. And, you know, yeah, it was a little harsh, but I'm, I'm me. I'm me. You know, what I mean, I'm going to be me. I do not believe in compromising myself. If I compromise myself, I'm uncomfortable. And that shit ain't got nothing to do with trying to be cool. I just I like to be comfortable as you should. Right. So 
I go up to her. I'm like, yo, man, I'm from the hip hop generation. This is how I believe, you know, this is how I believe I should move. You know, looking back, I I could have said it better, right? I, I could have said, hey, I'm from the hip hop generation. And, um, you know, I, this is how I view things. But, you know, I said to her, I was like, I'm from the hip hop generation. So I listen to rap. They curse. Yeah, but, you know, I'm from the hip hop generation. And someone listening to this, I'm like, yo, you hip hop is this and it's that and whatever, whatever, whatever you want to think about it. Um, you know, I need you to feel the same way about pornos. I need you to feel the same way about movies. I need you to feel the same way about TV because hip hop isn't responsible for society's ill. So don't try to put that on hip hop. Right. Look at the people that are in positions of power and the policies that they uh, approve or the policies that they are against bring societies ill right you want to talk about crime in, in in communities look at the people that are have the power in those communities and what opportunities they are bringing to those communities so remember what i said remember the theme of this episode is going to be um if you don't know about something you learn about it you understand so I, yeah, I could have said that better. I went up, she kind of, she like cringed. And remember, I'm like in my mid to late 20s. I believe I was like 26, 27 years old. And I'm talking to her and I'm like, like she cringed. Like, you know, when like someone flinches, she was like, 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 you know, like my words had muscles or something. My words had like a fist or something, not metaphorically speaking, not, you know, actual or whatever. Right. So, and I was like, uh, this is a little stiff. So, I was like, man, bump that. And I started, you know, searching for ways. I was like, yo, how can I get involved? And I buried my head. I was like, yo, I'm going to start watching the news. I'm going to start reading newspapers. I'm going to start listening to political things and trying to learn about policies. And I did that. I did that for about two, two and a half years. Right. And I was like, all right, cool. Not even thinking about it. And I believe it was 2012. I always mix it up. I can't remember if it's 2012 or 2014. Uh, Anthony Brown was the Lieutenant governor at the time of Maryland. And, um, the, the governor at the time, Martin O'Malley, he was not running for office anymore. I believe he term limited. And now Anthony Brown, then the Lieutenant governor ran for governor. And I seen him at, I saw him at the train station that I used to commute uh, out of. And I walked up to him. I looked him in his eye and I said, how can someone like myself get involved with a campaign who's looking to get into politics? Anthony Brown, he turns around. He said, sure. You know, he turns to someone. He says, give him a card. (laughs) One thing about politics, I'm going to tell y'all something. If y'all not involved in politics in any type of way, there's a lot of handing of the cards. In the beginning, I used to take them. I got a couple of cards right here. Uh, a few people. I used to take them. I don't even take them no more. Um, you know, you know, forget your email. Forget your You're not going to call me. It's all a ploy. Uh, majority of the people are really about just knowing each other. And they're not really about, um, you know, just really being honest. You know what I mean? And once again, someone is listening and they're saying to themselves, you know, what about me? Uh, you may be in the minority, right? But most people, it's like, you know, it's very, um, it's a show. It's almost like Hollywood, right? It's all about fame. I've heard people say, yo, I've thought about being X since I was a kid, right? I don't know, governor, mayor. And I'm thinking to myself, yo, like, why haven't you thought about helping your community since you were a child? Because this is, th- this is my podcast. This is my show, right? And this is how I feel. I feel as those like, th- you know, I feel as though that that's a selfish way of thinking that you you know, you know, think about it like you're a grown person and you're saying to yourself, I've thought about this since I was a child. That means you're thinking haven't evolved. You haven't said to yourself, you know what? I may have wanted to be the governor of Maryland since I was a child, but now that I'm older, mature and I've read stuff and I know what I'm talking about, um, you know, I see what's important is helping people. And too often I'm privy to those conversations where it's not really about the people, right? They may stand there and they may talk about it, right? But deep down inside and the way the way it exudes out their skin, it's really about them. They just want to wear that suit, right? And that's not what politics is about. It shouldn't be, right? The first three letters of politics is, the excuse me, the first four letters of politics is poly, right? You know, you can spell policy without poly, right? And policies affect people's lives, right? 
politicians do. I, I will definitely concede that. But politicians either support or are against policies that either negatively or positively affect your life. Right. And I remember, I believe one time I looked up, you know, like the Latin, you know, what's the Latin version of politics. And it's like, uh, uh, I believe it was like affairs of the city. Like that's what in Latin, that's what that means. Like the derivative of the word politics means affairs of the city. Right. So if you're going to get into this, it should be the your thought should be what are the affairs of the city? And if the city is doing good, you can make it better. If the city is doing bad, you can make it better. Right. So I um Yeah. So, you know, I got I got lost on the point of like that. I uh so, yeah, Anthony Brown campaign volunteer gave me the card. End up calling and, you know, find out that I can volunteer. And I went to go make some calls. I believe I went twice, um, you know, because I got attitude when I went there the first time. And it's kind of reflective about, uh, excuse me, I kept calling him Anthony Brown. Now he, well, at that time he was running for governor. So he was Lieutenant Governor Brown, Lieutenant Governor Anthony Brown. Now he's the congressional rep in um, in Maryland's Congressional District 4. So I felt like it was reflected of him. The more I, you know, encountered him, uh, the attitude that I received on the campaign, I was like, yo, why am I getting attitude? I'm volunteering for this shit, right? So, but before that, before I decided to like, yo, I'm getting attitude for this shit, I found out through the campaign that he was open in the office um, in, he was open in the office in, uh, what you gonna call it, Baltimore, a campaign office, right? Because he's running for governor. So I found out about that and I was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm gonna go to it. So I'm on the highway and I'm like, yo, you know, do I want to go to this? And I get to my exit and I'm like, yo, you got a split second. I was going to turn off and I said, nah, man, keep going. Head out to Baltimore, go to the campaign office, a bunch of people there. And I'm like, oh, damn, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, it's my first time being in something like this. Like I said, it's, I think it's like 2014, 2012. I can't remember. I'm going to go with 20. Let's go with 2012. Right. First time seeing something like that. I'm like, cool. Stand up in there. Uh, I don't believe uh, Baltimore State's attorney Mosby. I don't think she was elected yet. She wasn't. And um, she walks in, she gives her speech. I'm sitting up there, you know, ran into this uh, random guy, just started having a conversation. And I channeled my inner Tupac, right? Where it's like, yo, be passionate about what you like, you know, say it, say what it is and just go hard, right? So I'm, I'm talking to dude and we just chopping it up. And he was like, yo, Troy, yo, man, like, that's, that's fucking cool, man. I'm going to run for uh, Prince George's County Young Democrats president and i would like you on my slate or whatever and i was like yo yo chop it up let's do it so you know i didn't know what the hell he was talking about but i was like this sound interesting i go ahead uh we exchange emails he sent me he was like yo send me a picture in your bio i did that i still don't know what i was doing uh end up having like a, a sit down interview with him uh funny story and because you know i'm i trip over my words sometimes so i go sit down we talking i was like yo i'm new to this he was like what? I said, oh, yeah, I'm new to this. He was like, what? I was like, oh, I, I got that New York accent. I'm talking fast. I'm a little nervous. I'm, you know, I'm still channeling that Tupac energy. I said, oh, I'm new to this. He said, oh, OK, that's that's fine. That's fine. You know what I mean? So end up and then, you know, end up, you know, fast forward. He said, all right, cool. Boom. You could be the VP of membership. I'm like, that's what's up. So I be you know I go down to the thing. They know what was going on. Sitting down there, I'm sitting down there, like just listening to everyone. I have no clue what's going on. I go up there. I give my little speech, you know, in the audience. And as I am, yo, I always speak. For, I always speak. Yo, my mama told me, man, look in the eye. I, yo, I think for ever since I was knee high, my mama always told me look people in the eye. And to this day, I look people in the eye and I talk to them. I don't bullshit you. If I'm a bullshit you, I just don't. I just don't rock with you because. I don't I don't like that. I don't like that. I have to act fake. Right. No one who knows me, anyone, anyone from elementary school all the way to my life right now today. No one who's ever met me will ever say Troy is fake. Those two things just don't go together. You know, what I mean, I'm thorough in every borough anyway. I forgot to say I got to put some hip hop in this as I was riding down the highway. This song came on and for y'all for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the song. And I was like, it, it was Meek Mill. It's my time to shine something. My, I, can, I can't remember it. I was trying to remember the song. So anyway, um, end up, you know, being selected because I won't even call it a win. You know what I mean? End up being selected 
uh, Prince George's County Young Democrats vice president membership, the guy that was running for the president, Dante Bishop, he didn't win, right? Little did I know, you know, fast forward, it was some shenanigans going on that I didn't know. Uh, some other, Somebody else ended up, uh, you know, uh, winning. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm going to channel my, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother here. You know what I mean? And I feel like all of y'all can relate. My paternal grandmother always said, if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. So in terms of, um, you know, Prince George's County Young Democrats as an organization, it means well, right? Um, it's an organization that can do a lot in the county. It's an organization that can build you for other political positions. It's an organization that can really, really uh, uh, command so much power in the county through um, engaging young people and teaching them about politics and preparing them for other offices. However, it's the people, right? Just like with all other politicians, all other political, it's the people, right? And as I said, I'm not going to say nothing negative um, because as my grandma said, if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. And I will much rather if they were in my face, I will tell them about themselves. I have zero problem doing that, by the way. And I don't ever try to come off like a tough guy. However, if I'm speaking facts, you know what I mean? What Jay-Z said in that song, we'll be talking facts or we talking fiction. You know what I mean? That's really all it is. However, um, yeah, great organization. End up being on it. Like I said, I, I felt like so much more could have been done. Again, shenanigans happen. Uh, the election comes around another year. I give my speech. Apparently something went on. I couldn't care less about because I do remember the speech I gave at the quote unquote reelection process. I said, you know, a vote for me is not a vote. You know, whether you vote for me or not, you're not voting for me. You're voting for your community. You know, whoever takes over this position will be doing the work on behalf of the community. So just to show you, I've been consistent, consistent about this. Right. I didn't look at it like, damn, I lost. That's messed up. I didn't get to, you know, it was like, all right, on to the next thing. Right. So end up doing that. Uh, end up working on again. I never have. I never have a next plan. I never like say to myself like, yo, you know what? This is what I'm going to do next and I'm going to seek it out. Ended up um, going to, you know, I took a little break after that. End up, I believe it was in 2016. I end up, um, I feel like it was 2016. I end up going, Progressive Maryland had this camp and they were teaching you how to run for office. And I was like, yo, I'm going to go check it out. You know what I mean? Because I want to learn. Remember, I don't want to be speaking about things I don't know about. So if I want to be involved in helping my community, I need to know how this works. So I go there, a couple of people, you know, they're there, they're running for office. People gave me their card. Once again, that's card thing. A lot of, I'm telling you, it's like, I really need to learn how to either play spades or poker because in politics, you get a lot of business cards and I need to learn how to like start shifting them around. Anyway, obviously I'm being funny, but I'm being dead ass serious though. Right? So a um, couple of people running for office, people, you know, giving you their cards and they're like, yeah, I end up talking to this guy. He was in his late 60s, very early 70s. And he was like, I think I'm old. I don't think I should. I said, nah. I said, when I say we need new blood, that has nothing to do with age. If you're 70 years old and you decide to run for politics, you run for politics. We need your voice out there. You've never been into it. Now, if you're 70 years old and I'm not, this is not my view, but people feel like if you're 70 years old and you've been doing it for 40 years, you need to get some someone else a chance or someone else needs to beat you like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez did, right? You need to challenge that person. So if you feel that person been in there long, you it's your opinion that you feel like, you know, that they're too old. You do something about it. Just don't talk about them. You know what I mean? You attack it. You know what I mean? Metaphorically attack it, not physically or whatever, right? So, um, yeah, gave me their cards. You know, one guy called me two months later, right? But it was Matt Ternoga. My man called me. That was a Saturday. My man called me the Sunday afternoon and he said, hey, how you doing, Troy? You know, you know, you kind of gave me information. He was real timid about it. Very, you know, one might view timid, but Matt is a very respectful person. He's, he talks calm. You know, he tries to respect, not try. He respects everyone's position or whatever. And I was like, yeah, man, man. once again, I don't know what I was getting into. I was like, yeah, let's make it happen. That was like we talked about it. And then, you know, he ended up running for office. And I believe we were on there for like 13, 14 months, I believe. We started like in April. We didn't finish till the following year. 
We didn't finish until the. I wish I had my. Do I have my phone with me? Uh, you know, we didn't finish till the following year. I'll get the year for you. Um, uh, I can't remember the year real quick. I I, I could pull it up. Yeah, we didn't finish till June 2018. We started in April 2017. So I said 2016. So maybe it was 2017 that I actually went to that thing up, up Progressive Maryland. Ended up doing that with Matt. Ran it for a minute. You know, Matt tried his best. I'll be honest, you know, this is, you know, when I said if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all, this isn't that. What this is, is that um I actually felt that Matt spent way too much time in majority uh, white areas when in fact that, you know, it was the majority black areas that showed up for him. Prince George's County showed up for him. I mean, showed up. He lost his election by 385, 86 votes. Yes, yes. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, I believe is 90 percent of those votes came from Prince George's County, a majority black district county. Right. But we were doing a lot of door knocking in Anne Arundel County. Right. I don't know the makeup of Anne Arundel County, but it used to feel a little white to me. I don't know. I, I could look it up, but I'm sure or uh, whatever. Right. So um, end up doing that. Stopped that for a while. After that, with Matt, I uh, jumped over, you know, started working on other other campaigns and, you know, just dibble dabble around learning, learning, learning. And so at around it was like so right before I met I met Matt, started working on Matt's campaign. I was able to, you know, I was like coming back to, you know, long ass story to tell you why I started the podcast. I started saying and I used to say this shit at the beginning when I first started the podcast, I used to say all the time. Right. I started realizing and around the county, 73.6% white. And this is from July 1st, 2021. And you could imagine populations drop over the time. So I would argue it was probably 74% white at that time. 73.6% white, 18.3% uh, black, right? As compared to, look, as compared to, Prince George's County. Let me show you the difference. You know, people may be listening to this from all over the place as compared to Prince George's County. Check this out. Remember, Anaconda County, 73% white. Prince George's County. The black or African-American alone percentage is 64.4% black or African-American. Right. The white population in Prince George's County is 27.1%. Let's call it 27%. You see what I'm saying? 19% is Hispanic or Latino. 19. So that means Prince George's County, if my math is correct, right? That's 74, 79. Prince George's County is 80%, 80% black or brown. But yet we spent a lot of our time in, um, I'm not saying we didn't knock on doors in Prince George's County. I'm not saying that. But, you know, a lot of the doors I was knocking on was a lot of white people coming to the door. And I felt like we should have doubled down on blackness. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, so it was between that time of me and Matt working on other campaigns that I realized, I used to say this a lot, that I was seeing people who look like me, but I didn't see anyone who talked like me or walked like me. You know what I mean? In other words, I was seeing young black men who... We're really just, you know, emulating older black people. They weren't being themselves. So when I would have a conversation with them, it felt like I was talking to my elders. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I wasn't hearing them. And I said, yo, there has to be a place where people could go talk about politics and hear themselves. Right. And I said, yo, this is what I want to do. I'll go, you know, I'll fast forward behind all, you know, the design, my man. Uh, what's his name? My man Stanley Dufresne. He did the he did the website. He did the logo. I grew up with Stan. We grew up three, four houses away from each other, as they say, back in the G.I. Joe days. You know what I mean? That was in the suburbs. However, in the hood, it was, you know, we used to do random shit. You know what I mean? But we did a lot of good, man. It was as an adult now, I'd be like, yo, where are the kids when it's snowing with their shovel? Back in the day, me, Stan, and the rest of the crew, we used to get our shovel, walk around to Brooklyn, New York, and shovel people's snow get our money together and we would go buy like Chinese food and sodas and share that shit. Yo, tear half of the styrofoam off, get two forks and be like, yo, you get half, I get half. You know what I mean? And we share the food. That's, that's my mans. We grew up together. That's my dude. You know what I mean? So what DMX said, yo, 
that's my man. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, yeah, did all that. And, and I just brought you six years of straight raw, straight me, how I want. I wanted you to learn politics, how you listen to anything else in your life, right? You shouldn't have to be, well, today, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris you know, held a meeting at the White House. No, it shouldn't be like that. Be like, yo, today, Vice President Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, yo, they had a meeting at, at the White House. Yo, that joint was, yo, it was cool. But it wasn't necessarily like that. I wasn't giving you fake black scent, Aquafina. I wasn't giving you that. You know what I mean? I was bringing it to you raw. You know what I mean? Just really having a conversation. And I hope I did my part in allowing people to listen to something that they otherwise may not know about. However, they were able to understand better. Whether it was I brought a guest on, I talked about topics. I look back at the growth. I don't know what's next, but I look back at the growth from the podcast. And, you know, I'll get to the part of why I decided to end the podcast because I'm going to be honest with you. I personally don't feel that the Democratic Party as a whole is taking what's before us seriously. I really feel as though, um, as I said, listening to black people, listening to the experts who are saying democracy is in jeopardy, right? And the Democratic Party is kind of sitting on their hands, right? Whether it's from, whether, you know, I see a lot of people, and again, these aren't me. These are the people that, you know, do this for a living. Ellie Mistal, he's a lawyer. Uh, he used to write the law blog. Before he started doing TV, he would write the law blog. I would see him on uh, Democracy Now. If If you feel like, Oh, you can't believe those other networks. If you feel like that, that's one thing. You know what I mean? But Democracy Now is pretty independent. And I learned a lot from that. watching that. I used to, every single morning, uh, Democracy Now, I uh, still do. However, um, you know, these are people that are saying, yo, the legal system is being challenged by people who, uh, you know, damn near was trying to do a coup. It went through with a coup. The only reason it didn't work, they say, oh, the system, hell no, it didn't. It was dumb people. Only reason it didn't work because dumb people tried it and it can happen again. And I feel that the Democratic Party is like, well, we're trying to get this done. But, you know, one of our members wore a blue suit, so they kind of messed up on the rules. So we have to go back. And, you know what I mean? It's like they're not using their powers the way they should. And the threat is you have someone who really want to take this country down and that's the former guy and that's problematic, right? But that's not the reason I'm ending it. The reason I'm ending it because I felt like I became repetitive. I felt like I'm going to, yo, I'm not lying. Had I kept this going, I'd have been sounding like a, I, you could have played every episode the same. You'd have played 237, 237 would have sounded like 238. 238 would have sounded like 237. You know what I mean? So I was like, yo, you know what? It's time to move on. Six years. I think it's a long time. Why not? Three presidents. You know what I mean? Mm, Asterix, right? So I've been here. Started February 2016. It's February 2022. Why not? Why not go out on an even number? You know what I mean? I actually thought about doing it last year. I was like, hell no, I'm not going out on year five. That's weird. I'm going to go out on year six. You know what I mean? Three, three presidents able to make history. The first black president I was here for that. I would argue I wasn't as polished as I am now and I was here to make history and have you know the first black woman be vice president of the United States right and that's to say a lot and we should always hold them accountable but if it's anything take away from this show what I want you to take away from in the six years if I've taught you nothing else first of all go listen to the episode with uh professor Duad Watts go to listen to that episode talk about Africa that's important right um we are more than this continent right here. We we came from somewhere. Uh, we started civilization and just know that, right? There's there's nothing more, nothing more, right? Like do, do that minimum and start being interested in where your ancestors came from, right? Like, like let's not forget uh, Dr. Dr. Duad. He said, Professor Duad, he said that, you know, what I mean, we've been building civilization for hundreds of thousands of years. Right. We invented it all like, you know, we all came from there. So your ancestors were great. Don't forget that. If anything you take away from this episode, take that. Another thing is, if you're going to be engaged in politics, vote and don't just vote for the top of the ticket and go down. No, it's ballot up, not ballot down. Don't start at the president. Start low, as low as you can go. Mayor, city council, keep the delegate, keep going low. 
commissioner, whatever it is, start very low. Whatever the secretary of state, wherever your low is, start there, then work your way up. Do not leave anything blank on your uh, uh, your um, election ballot. Do not leave anything blank. Vote for every person, right? When you go to vote, you could take out your phone and search those candidates. You could take as much time as you want to vote. Educate, inform yourself because that's important. There's power in this shit. You know how it's, I know it's power in this shit? If it wasn't power in this, they want to stop your ancestors from having this power, right? So guess what? You fight for that power that they try to take from your ancestors and are still trying to take from you now. And you hold on to that power. You get that power, your responsibility is to make your community better than it was when you found it, right? If your community was at one, make it two. If your community is at two, make it three, right? Up your community. It's all in any way you can. And I don't mean one like number one, make it number two. I'm not saying that. I mean, like, if your community was down one, bring your community up one, right? Up one. Make it two. That's all I'm saying. That's easy to do. Vote. Engage in your community. Don't let these people off the hook. And I don't care what letter they got behind their name. Hold them accountable, right? They've been on office for, you know, two, three terms. You don't like it? Build a coalition. I remember when we were in uh, high school, my homegirl. I, yeah, I wish, you know, I always go back to New York, and I wish I could bump into her. Her and I was in a global class, and we kept each other in our P's and Q's. Um, Elena, I remember we were in class, and we were talking in our global global studies class. And I never forget my professor said, if it's one person, your congressperson don't pay much attention. But back then, I didn't have the knowledge that I have now. And I always said, if I found out about politics at 16, I'd, I would have been in, engaged and I, I would have got it popping at 16. I, I, I'd have been doing it. I'd have been the youngest person doing this. Now, I don't care about the titles. I'm making a point. I don't care about it. I'm the youngest. Who cares? Like, no one gives a fuck, right? Like, you know, who invented light? No, like who invented the light bulb? No one says, did you know the youngest person? No one gives a fuck. I'm just glad I'm able to see this keyboard. So I'm able to control this mic. So I'm able to, you know, uh, uh, fix this so I can hit the record. But I'm just glad I'm able to see outside of the dark, right? Because of the light. No one cares that, you know, this person was the youngest person to No, no, they care what what are you doing for me? How are you making my life better? Right? Be engaged. Hold these people accountable. Build a coalition, right? So as my 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 um high school's teacher was saying, if one person, cool. You know what I mean? They kind of ignore you. Two people, you get a hundred people, they gotta listen to you. You show up to your congressperson's door with a hundred people, they're gonna listen to you. I had a woman when I was on Matt's campaign. Uh, you know, she was saying. She was like, I don't have the time. I said, long story short, I said, miss, you don't have one day a month. And after talking to her for about 45 minutes, she was like, you know what, Troy? I got it. Never followed up with her, but hey, you're not lying to me. Your kids are in school. Go to their school school board meeting. Guess what? I was saying that in 2017. Today is 2022. I hear people say, parents, go to the school board meeting. You should have been doing that. My dad was doing it, and he was a new immigrant to this country with like two, three jobs, still showing up to those PTA meetings, still showing up to... Uh, 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 with the principals meeting or whatever. And I remember I used to sit at the front and all the parents had to sit at the back. And my dad is an immigrant learning this country, still got his accent and shit. And all he knew was you got to get good grades. <laughs> That's all my dad. My dad will walk away with like, it'd be a whole session. I, you know, thinking back to a child, it'd be like an hour long. And my dad would be like, you got to keep your grades up. Like, dad, did you like, you know what I mean? Like, did you not hear anything? He didn't say nothing about that. But his point was, and I, I, I'll show you, I'll merge these two and show you my dad's point that you got to keep your grades up, right? And if you're an elected official, you got to keep your grades up. What that means, you got to keep your community doing good. Your community has to do, as some literature people will say, your community has to do well. You know what I mean? You got to make that happen. Take anything away from that. Vote. Get involved, right? I'm going to tell you something. And this is the last thing I'll say. You may not care about politics, but politics cares about you. Politics control every single aspect of your life. From the day you are born. Wait, let's go back. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Let's go back. From the day your mother is pregnant with you 
politics control every aspect of that, right? Healthcare facilities in your neighborhood. You know, if your mother needs prenatal care, how far how far she has to go to give you that prenatal care, right? When your mother is about to give birth to you, what's the closest hospital t- to deliver a mother giving birth, right? How far does she have to travel? Does she have to go stay somewhere else so she could be close to a better hospital? What's wrong with the hospital in your community, right? Your mother gives birth to you. I keep saying birth. Your mother gives birth to you, right? You know, does she have to go back to work in a week? She Can she stay at home for six weeks to take care of you, 12 weeks to take care of you? No, that kind of stunts your growth because your mom needs to be there to nurture. Your mother, your father needs to be there to nurture you, right? You get to the age you need daycare. Can your mom afford daycare where I don't have to leave you with grandma because I can't afford daycare and you can go to daycare and you can actually learn while you're at daycare. Right. By the time you're ready to go into pre-K, you already know your numbers or whatever it is you need to know at that age. You already know it. Right. But if you have I'm going to go through the whole step. You go into pre-K. Right. Does your mother have to pay for that universal kindergarten, universal pre-K, whatever it is? Does she have to pay for that? And she's making, you know, minimum wage that the state won't raise because of politicians that control your life. So your mom can't afford the daycare. So you can't even go there. So we got to wait till we put you in public school because I can't afford to put you in daycare. All right. And public school is free. So now when I put you in daycare, uh, public school, I have to bring supplies because they need toilet paper. They need this. They need that. Everyone has to bring their own stuff. Why? Because the politicians in your community has defunded school, public schools, but they're not, they're cool with not defunding post. So the police department gets a billion dollars, but the school gets $200 million. The, the entire school in the entire area. So you, you have, I don't know the number you have five, 600 schools. They have $200 million to work with. That sounds like a lot. But when a new roof and the HVAC system costs $10 million, you do the math, right? I don't know. I'm just putting that out there, right? And that occurs all through. Now you're going to college. Guess what? That costs. Your parents need to pay for the application fee. Your parents, now they have to room and board you. Now they have to pay the tuition that's $30,000, $50,000 a year. Now you graduate college. You have student loans. Because that school cost, you know what I mean? They're all through your life. You go through your career, you know, you owe $60,000 in student loans, but you're only making $15 an hour. But you told me to go to school. I went to school and what happened? You know what I mean? Like, that's it. They control every part of your life. Every single part of your life they control. So you may not care about politics, but politics care about you. And if there's anything you learn about this podcast, be in tune. No one is saying you have to make it an everyday part of your life. But what you have to do is at least be engaged to know enough when you go vote. I don't care what name. Well, I do. You know, Republicans have, are completely committed to the destruction of this democracy. And, you know, when they're committed to the uh, destruction of democracy, which will take away from white people, you know, they don't give a fuck about you. You understand? With that said. It made me think when I did that episode, the end is near. I said, democracy for who? You know what I mean? Because this country has always been trying to stop black people at the time, Africans from voting, right? They told Dred Scott he wasn't a citizen. <laughs> you know what I mean? They had to get the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th Amendment. You know what I mean? Come on. You know what I mean? They, they had to do these things to either keep us, you know, uh, uh, Ava DuVernay, 13 documentary on Netflix. They had to do that to remind you you're still enslaved. Then they had to pass an amendment to say, uh, oh, you know, you're born here, you're a citizen. Then they had to do an amendment. Oh, you're you're African, uh, you're, you're, you're African-American male. Oh, you can vote. Right. All those things. Then they're like, oh, you're Native American. Oh, you're, you're American Indian. This is your land. Oh, it's 1929. OK, you could be a citizen. But they took your land and then they took. So when it comes to American Indians and people of African descent, whose democracy have you been trying to protect? You've always been trying to take the democracy of those two groups 
You understand? So you got to understand something. You got to be engaged because they engage with you. They're engaged in your life. They want to know everything you're doing. You feel me? So be on top of it. If there's anything you take away from this episode, anything you take away from this show, go learn about Africa. Learn about Africa more, right? And whenever it becomes in your budget, because I plan to do the same too, whenever it becomes in your budget, take a trip to the motherland. Learn about where you're from. It's super important. Um, yeah, just do that. And without further ado, I get into the interview. I just want to say thank you to every single person who've ever tuned in. I appreciate you. Special shout out to my uh, to my my peoples who were listening day one and who took the time out. Whether you were a coworker who became you know who became we became super cool. We ended up going to uh, rap shows together. Whoever you are, you know what I mean. Uh, uh, you know, Geo. Uh, he he ended up. Uh, I was able to get um. Uh, an elected official on this podcast so yo shout out to him he made that happen you know what i mean so how that nipsey first go ocean views small circle is the chosen few you know what i mean so definitely if you ever you tapped in from day one even if you came for one episode i appreciate you thank you very much without further ado i'm gonna go over to jude angelini he wrote the book uh hyena he wrote the book hummingbird he he is final not his final book but the the third book in the trilogy is called finn uh it's also known as rude jude check him out he's on twitter uh rude underscore jude one more jude on instagram all that good stuff you know what i mean i hope you enjoyed the interview and i had to get this done i said yo i stalled the episode for two days because i was like, i gotta get you know this interview option came up and i was like, i gotta make this happen so shout out to his producer john john made this happen john called me and he said yo troy when can you do this we can't we went back and forth trying to get schedules together we made it happen uh the person you hear uh next will be jude angelini uh, who you hear is how he is every single day. I don't know him personally, but I feel like because I've been listening to him forever. Uh, some people might view, you know, what I mean, him differently or whatever. But, you know, it, it's just to listen to the callers. Right. Uh, majority the show he has on Sirius XM Shade 45. Majority of the callers are blue collar workers. And once again, I listen to people who don't sound corporate all. Uh, you know, I listen to people all day who sound corporate. So it's kind of nice to tap in and hear people who just you know, they had a long day. They want to have a beer and they just want to call an event. And that's what his show is about. So, and as always, uh, guests are not responsible for what I say. And I'm not responsible for what guests say. So, uh, the guests say. So, just remember that. Uh, without further ado, Rude Jude. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I have Jude Angelini. He has a show on Sirius XM Shade 45. Uh, he's the author of three books, Hummingbird, Hyena, and the final book, or Finn. Uh, Jude Angelini, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, bro. Definitely, definitely. Um, as I mentioned, you are you're the author of three books. I know um, your last book is called Finn, but if we could just back up a little and you just break down your story for us, that would be cool. Well, I started with uh, I started the first book was Hyena, and it was called Hyena because you're like. Hyenas are like laughing through the grizzly grizzliness of life, like life's fucked up. So you gotta laugh at it. So it's a lot of short stories, essays about like just the wild shit that I did and trying to get over a girl. The next one was hummingbird, and hummingbirds are like these magical creatures. But then when you look at them, they they're just working really hard just to stay stay afloat, just to just to float like they're beating. They're beating their wings so many times per second, you know, just just to float in one spot, and that's kind of like life. And uh, this last one, Finn, uh, it's a double meaning. Like if you watch foreign films, like French films and shit, it's like Finn at the end, like finished, finito. And also a fin on, on the shark or some shit cuts through the water, so. I'm cutting through the bullshit. I'm just spitting. I'm just spitting facts. And so you're going to get like, you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to feel some shit, you know. And uh, I'm I'm basically writing books for uh, for everybody. Just cats that don't read books, cats that love to read. And, I, and uh, that was my goal. I wanted to make, uh, I wanted to get cats reading a bit more. Yeah, and that's one of the things. In full disclosure, um, you know, back in I can't remember now. T- time is a social construct, but 
Uh, you had yeah. you had a book reading out there, and I believe it was Washington D.C. for Hummingbird. I came through. You signed the book. I've read all all both the books. I haven't got to Finn yet because obviously it's hard to get. It just came out, um, and that was one of yeah. the things. And I'm, I'm a reader myself. And one thing I, I liked about we'll talk about Hummingbird and Hyena or Hyena Hummingbird um, is that you know it 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 reads like how you talk, right? And when I say you, meaning you generally, you wrote the book so that you know a- anyone can read it. And one of the things you talk about on your show on um. Uh, you talk about on your show is, and as you mentioned, that you wrote the book for every single person, even people who may not read, they could sit down and they could, you know, go through this book and it makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't say that somebody, like anybody can make something simple sound complicated with a, a thesaurus, but like to make something complicated into a simple, to, to say something deep and profound in, in a sentence is pretty hard to do and that's what i shoot for definitely and sometimes i i think you answered it but can i put it this way why did you pick you know animals uh you know you know why did you pick i know you answered it like breaking it down but you know most people they write books and they were like the life and times of jude right like you know why did you pick animals i know you explained it and forgive me if you know i'm asking the same question that you already but i think you broke down the meaning of the animals, but I don't think you mentioned like why you picked animals. Well, we are, we're, we're all animals yeah. at the end of the fucking day, you know, we're fucking animals. And it, and it just kind of went that way. I, hyena just, when you say it, it just has a feeling to it. You know what I mean? So that hyena made sense for, for naming the book. Hyena just made sense. And, uh, I wanted the second book. Hummingbird was, uh, like after my grandmother died, like she 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 had said uh, to look for hummingbirds because that'd be a sign of her, and so that's why that's why I wrote wrote hummingbird. That's why I was called that. And then Finn is not a fucking it's not an animal. It's part of an animal, and that's the double entendre. So it just kind of happened that way. Once I was two, and I was I couldn't be like I ain't a hummingbird trombone you know like it would, it would have been weird as fuck so i had to <laughs> stay with the animals definitely you know the funny thing about these books is um you know the funny thing about these books are you see a hummingbird on it you see a hyena on it you're like huh so hummingbird my coworker, i'm at my desk she comes over pre, once again pre-pandemic i'm thinking this is like 2019 she comes over yeah. and she says yo what's this like this is pretty and i was like because I, I keep it up uh, in the office, you know, just to, you know, spark conversation. And you're yeah. very, you're very big on art. Like you always say that. And it's one of the things that you've actually got my brain thinking now, like, yo, put art up in your art up in your crib or whatever. Right. So, and that's why I keep it up in the office. So I got the book up there. My coworkers like, yo, what's this? And I'm like, Oh, that's hummingbird, you know, go through the whole spiel she was like can i read it Jude, she comes back the next day and she was like what the fuck is this you know what I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh your, your artwork is very i don't want to use the word deceptive because if anyone know they listen to the show anyone knows you you're not about deception but i, I think you're speaking on the artwork right yeah it was uh i wanted i wanted something very pretty to to tell a tell a kind of a sad and fucked up story you know so i i went with that picture of the hummingbird you're taking a break and because you're taking a break from the show uh because you're heading to rehab but this is not a situation that you're someone who is a drug user uh but you know i definitely commend you for doing it and the way you talk about it is not in a dismissive way you're actually encouraging people who need help to go get help you always say that you have uh, you have segments on your show that people call in and, you know, you even play around like, hey, I'm not an expert. But, you know, I want to commend you for taking the time out because, Jude, I, I listen to you on the show and I have to be honest every single day. And I'm always like worried about you. Uh, you know, I come in one day and I see a, a remix show and I'm like, yo, Jude, good. You know what I mean? Some days I'm not, you know, some days I'm not good. And that's that's why I uh, had to go to rehab. My insomnia, when my, my dad died and that kind of like my dad died and I moved and that really triggered my insomnia and uh, I haven't been able to, I've had a hard time shaking it. 
and uh, I've been to sleep experts and all this shit and just nothing. So I came up with my own like little drug cocktail to put myself down. But if I do too much of it or too little or the wrong amount, uh, I end up sleepwalking and I kept injuring myself. So, and now I'm at, now I'm at a point where like, I'm addicted to fucking, like I'm, I only do it at night and I'm going through, I'm withdrawing all day. Like, like I'm, I'm doing the show, like going through withdrawals. So I was just like, man, I need to hurry up and just get to motherfucking rehab so I can handle that shit. And and definitely, you know, I know um, I, I'll give you a, a second to talk about Big Ange. And if anyone's listening, uh, I'm calling Big Ange because that's what you'd call him. It's not that I know his dad personally. Um, so I'll give you a second just to because clearly he's had an impact on you even after his transition. Yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, it's one of those deals. It's like you do a radio show, so you got to perform every fucking day and um you can't be sad you know what i mean so it's like i think i did something where i blocked it off and now i don't know how to access that grief and it's somewhere in me and i'm just trying to find it like i'm just trying to fucking process that shit that that's i think that's a big part of it like having to having to perform while sad (laughs) I'm behind. I'm behind this mic, and as you know, I'm listening to your story. I'm always, thinking, yeah. I'm always thinking like, oh man, I have to do this. But you, you are an expert at if I say something, you know, to follow up. So it's kind of, it's kind of transition to have that. It's for, for real, real cool to have that feeling. But I'm gonna give you a funny story. Uh, you're talking about being perform or whatever. Uh, I believe it was. I'm, I'm gonna go with like 2018. It was a caller, and she reached out, and she called through doing one of your segments, you know, asking for advice or something, and she was going to run for office, right? And she called you, and she said, yeah, I'm up in this county here, and it's real tough out here. And you was like, what the fuck do you want me to do about that? Like, that, you know, that's your problem. You know, long story short, you didn't give her the advice she needed. And myself, you know, the name of the, polit- the, name of the podcast is Politics on My Mind. And um, I reached out to her because that's what I do. You know, what I mean, like outside of doing a podcast, I'm in the street, pounding the pavement, talking to her and Jude for two days straight, man. I think I had no, it was like three days straight. I have had a conversation with her for the first two days. She was like, fucking Jude, I called him for advice. And could you imagine he didn't give me no advice? He made me feel bad. I said, it's a fucking radio show. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're calling a rap station for political advice. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 fucking dumb. Like, don't ask me about that shit. You know? Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't talk that shit. Like, she should have known better. Honestly, fuck. Yeah, I'm but like... I'm glad. I'm glad that you were able to help her. <laughs> did she? Did she succeed at, at what she was trying to do? Actually, the funny thing is, your advice worked out because she was full of shit, and that was like the main gist of your your advice it was like yo what like she was telling you stuff and you was like you're not making any sense like what are you talking about like uh, call somebody else and when i spoke to her like i'm serious about what i do right you know i've been doing the podcast Mm -hmm. for six years just the last episode so on and so forth and i was you know i'm really trying to be serious and it was like she was all over the place one day it's like high and the next day it's like low and i was like okay and then she was like, can I call you back? Never heard from her again. And I was like, you know what? Jude was on to something. So it was, um, you know, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. So your advice may have been garbage to her. I thought I was going to be able to give her some treasure, but it turned out it was like garbage in, garbage out. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking yeah. about the individual. I'm just talking about, I guess she did not want the advice. And, you know, I, I guess she felt as though, Oh, here's Jude giving the advice, right? So if he's not giving it to me, I'm not going to take it anywhere. So I, I really think that's what it was. It was like, you're not Jude, so I don't really care what you're saying. I think I'm, I think she was probably full of shit and mm. wasn't going to do anything anyway. That's my guess. Yeah. Because that, when you did try to help, where'd she go? disappeared (laughs) completely disappeared and and like i said that's what i that's what i do out here and i know you don't you don't like to talk politics i know it's not i'm not gonna 
Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're not going to do it. I'm not, you know, saying that, trying to get you yeah. to go there. However, yeah. you know, obviously the Super Bowl, you know, Eminem's halftime show, um, not even Eminem, Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, you know, were you, uh, were you, you know, did you enjoy it? I, I don't know if you watched it. So I just put that out there. Dude, I didn't, I didn't know how to, get... my cousin hooked up my TV. So it's just like the Amazon fire stick. And I didn't, I couldn't even watch the Super Bowl. I didn't know how to... <laughs> I had to watch the Super Bowl halftime show on my phone and shit. It was dope though. That's what, it that's, was cool. That's what's up. Um, how you get it on your phone? Like YouTube or something? I, yeah, just one on YouTube and watch it on YouTube. I love it. The hack. The hack. Is this the last book? Is Finn the last book? Is this it? You're not writing anymore? Um, it's the last book of this little chunk. I don't. I don't know. Like, who? Who? Who's? Every book is my last book. I'm like, all right, man. I'm done. All right, man, I'm done. Um, Cause it's like people don't read. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people don't read. Like my books. A lot of times, it's the first book that they bought within the last fucking ten years or ever. So like, and they're not even buying the book. They're buying me. I understand that. Mm. Like they're just they're being supportive of, of me. Um, but I'm I'm I'm. I, I like my I like my writing and I'm proud of it and I'll put it up against anybody's shit out there, you know. Sure. Like, so, am I gonna write anymore? Probably. Anytime soon? Nah. I gotta I gotta sell this, you know. Definitely. Like, now I'm in sell mode. You know, just to give you some motivation, you know, when I'm when when I'm really on the go, I'm reading two three books a month, right? And reading your book it's you know like i think you know just reading your book it flows it doesn't feel forced it's your life stories you know whether it's you know life stories you share with others or your personal stories and you know if to give you some motivation i'm gonna dispel that rumor that people do read the the issue is um and i think you know your fans have told you this that it's they want something they can relate to right because I'm going to tell you how your books read. Hummingbird and Hyena, right? Most people, they write a book and their drugs, you know, their drug story is one part of the book, right? And next thing you know, the news network network, uh, network picks it up. And it's like so-and-so you know, inhaled, you know, cannabis when they were 21. But, and they hide that, right? It's a 400-page book and like one story about they inhale cannabis, but you open your entire life. And, you know, if you speak about something in chapter one, it's continuous throughout the book, not in a repetitive way, however, in a very matter of fact way. Yeah, especially uh, every book, every with all the books, like the first story is like that's that sets the stage. It's going to I'm letting you know what you're in for. And then we go from there. So, yeah, I'm talking about it in the, in, in the, in the first in the first book or in the first story you're gonna it's that's gonna be the tone i'm, I'm setting the tone for you uh, you want to shout out your social medias and before you do i'm just gonna say you know i wish you luck on the rehab you know you're gonna come back strong all that good stuff and i, I really appreciate you taking the time out uh jude you're a real one because you were like yo you know what i'm gonna go ahead and do podcast and a lot of people you know, just so you say a lot of people don't read i'm gonna add a lot of people look down on podcasts but it's this people you know, they may not have cable, they may not have a subscription radio, but what they do have is a phone in their pocket that they can access a free podcast. So I really appreciate you taking the time out, you know, to spread some of that love and, you know, jump on people's podcasts to promote your book. So I, I just want to thank you for right. giving me this opportunity and uh, well, sharing it with you. Well, uh, thank you for having me on there. Like if five people that listen to you buy the book, it's worth it you know what i mean like it's five people that never heard of me give me a chance totally fucking worth it like so thank you i appreciate you bro definitely and thanks for coming out to the reading oh for, for sure and you know hopefully uh this uh covet thing settles down and you could have a, a reading for finn that'd be pretty cool because i'm sure you've gotten more fans over the years shout out your social medias jude uh just it's um one more jude on instagram and rude underscore Jude at, uh, at Twitter, but I barely tweet. <laughs> I, I really don't tweet. Um, 
and I won't I won't be doing any Instagram for a while because <laughs> I'm in rehab. Uh, How long are you gonna be in there? I'm not sure. Okay, okay, I'm cool. not sure. Cool. I thought they got like unknown. That's what it says. All right, cool. Jude, hold your head, yo. We all out here pulling for you. We just we Thank want you to be healthy. It has nothing to do with the show, just as an individual. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, you're always looking out for your staff. And I could just tell by, you know, whether it's John, shout out to John. He put this to, he made this happen. You look out for the people on your show that you're your colleagues. So I know, you know what I mean? You mean well. So take care of yourself. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Jude. All right. All right. Thank you. Be well, sir. Right. I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. Mm-hmm.